Hello and welcome to episode 132 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode live from the Paint Jam, Red Fish Bowl, James Street Gastro Pub. Talked to a lot of people on that episode. Listen to a lot of live bands. It was a good time. So if you missed the paint jam, go back and check out that episode. I think you'll like it. Red Fish Bulls doing a lot of really, really cool stuff. They have the Abbey Arts Fest coming up this weekend. I wasn't even planning to plug this, but I feel like I should. It's going to be down at the Abbey on Butler Street in Lawrenceville. Live bands, live art, all kinds of good stuff this weekend. Look it up. Just type in Abby's Arts Fest. Abby Art Fest, actually. I'm going to do this right now. But while I'm doing this, if you uh, if you listened to the Paint Jam episode, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Real quick while I was telling you all that I did happen to look this up if you go on Facebook and type in Abby's Arts Festival it's May 19th through the 21st at the Abbey on Butler Street and a lot of awesome people are going to be there unfortunately I will not be there because I am going to be playing my own shows and whatnot so yeah that's this weekend I just realized this is going to be dropping on the 19th so today is Friday so that's this weekend Go check it out, okay? Okay, but if you don't want to check that out, you can come see my band. We're playing tonight at Black Forge Coffee House in the Allentown slash Mount Oliver area of Pittsburgh. If you're not familiar yet, come get familiar. So if you want, you know, if you want to see some art and music, go to the Abbey's Arts Festival. If you want to drink some beer and listen to some heavy metal, come to the Grey Walker Show. But yeah, the Abbey's Art Fest is going on all weekend. I am really rambling. I apologize. I've just had a long day. I'm kind of excited. Lots of cool things coming up. Yeah. Anyways, today on the show, whew, what a rant. Uh, today, I am sitting down with my friend and neighbor, Don from Scratch Food and Beverage. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Scratch, it is a restaurant up here in the Troy Hill area of Pittsburgh right on Lowry Street and if you haven't been there the place is great I have been going there since they opened they actually opened up right around the same time that I moved up to Troy Hill so you know the place has seen a lot of change over the past year and a half but it's been a lot of the change for the better they're doing a lot of really cool things with the food menu doing a lot of cool things in the community outside of the restaurant and you know i'm gonna let don speak on behalf of all of that because you know it's his place and that's what we sat down today and talked about actually we sat down a couple weeks ago but you're here right now so technically this is today for you yeah I've rambled a lot in this intro, a lot more than usual. So, yeah. How about I just zip it and we get into my conversation now with Don of Scratch Food and Beverage. Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucker. 
fucking beat. Is that good? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Cool. So, how's your morning going? Morning's going pretty well. Have uh, a big day today. We have a press preview for our new chef, Brandon Blumenfeld's uh, menu release. Nice. Yeah, so we're going to have a good good number of people. I think RSVPs are up around 30 uh, people from all of the print media and online media in the city that deal with food and beverage. So City Paper, Next Pittsburgh, Local Magazine, Table Magazine, and so on. It'll That's be really awesome. Nice. Yeah. So the the chef's debuting a new, like a, is this a brand new menu or is it the menu you've had that he's been doing or is it a mix? Yeah. So to you, it's not going to seem new. Okay. Um, it's, it's something that we've introduced over the last three or four weeks. Okay. It yeah. is now settled. We're going to hold on to it for a couple of months and then just change as the seasons permit, um, or actually demand, I guess, you know, and, um, but for the general public, this is this is an announcement of sorts. Yeah, rather than because I imagine whenever he first came on, it was kind of like silent. I would suppose just like these are we have a new chef, this new stuff, new menu items. Yeah, I think a lot of that Not like a big announcement. No, I mean we did a we did sort of a tease, if you will, and I think the idea there is um, change management. If we were to say new chefs here. And people come in expecting everything to be flawless and new and representative of what he's doing. Oh, yeah. That would be unrealistic. We we were phasing through what we had been doing and bringing him into the fold. And so there were operational considerations and what he's going to buy and how it's going to look and what sure. people are responding to that first couple of weeks is really a test. In a way, it was kind of like, a, and even maybe with some of the items, like figuring out what works and what doesn't or some stuff like that. Absolutely. Almost like being in a band and demoing songs. Yeah. Now it's like you've demoed and now you're ready for like the album release that, that show is, of sorts. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> so. We, we um, I, I mean, I'm not too familiar with that industry, but it sounds like there's a good correlation there. I mean, we have, you're always looking for guest feedback, you know, at all times. Um, but it's a, it was a very concentrated effort to really observe everything that was happening with every dish, how the servers were interacting with the chef, what they were taking up easily, what was a little bit more difficult for them. Um, there was certainly the interplay between the chef and myself and feeling each other out. There was him becoming attenuated to the physical space. I mean, you can't expect somebody to just leap into a situation and, and make it perfect on day one and Brandon to his credit um, did all of this in a very accelerated fashion and uh, I'm nothing but pleased sure. about the direction in which we're going I mean, no pun intended but it seems like he's someone who's hungry for it <laughs> you know like yeah, right. the, the opportunity to do something like this yeah I mean I I think that we it was a very protracted um, interview process it went on for about six weeks wow um, Having made some mistakes before, it it made sense to me to really take my time this go around. So it was, um, you know, he interviewed with me. He interviewed with uh, friends of mine. He cooked for them. Um, you know, we had lots of discussion about where we were, where we wanted to go, what that was going to look like. We were forging a relationship, you know, and it ended up with a contract. And um, we're really clear about where we are um, in our business relationship. And uh, I think that that... 
you know, really brings a certain level of comfort and stability to a very unstable, chaotic industry that, you know, I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't gone that way. Totally. I think a lot of people in business, no matter what it is, have a hard time being clear or transparent with each other. And it creates this weird, this almost like a tension, like unsaid sort of like gray area stuff. And it seems like maybe you're trying to avoid that and have there very was, clear communication with yeah, this yeah. new iteration. It's it's a mistake I make every day. I mean, it's... <laughs> Honestly, there there is there's every day I have front of house staff, especially coming to me and saying, I didn't know this. And in my mind, they should have known it because in my mind, I had communicated whatever it was very clearly. There was a really interesting psychological test, I guess, maybe done a few years ago. It's called a tap test where. There were people, there were five people that were given um, the opportunity to tap out one of 10 songs, really simple melodies, you know, like happy birthday kind of things. And there are people that were on the other side who had their headphones on that were listening to what one person was tapping at a time. And then they had to guess what the song was. And though the person that was doing the tapping had um, felt that they had done a very good job and were very clear about what that song was, the uh, rate at which people guessed correctly was 10%. <laughs> because it was just a guess. Yeah. All of the information was in the tapper's head. None of it except the tapping was in the listener's head. Uh-huh. They had no opportunity to figure it out. There wasn't enough information there. And that's sort of the, the, the ongoing um, struggle for me, really, you yeah. know, is to take whatever it is that's in my head and find these individualized ways to translate it because everybody hears things in really different ways. And even with a staff of only, I think, 12, including myself in the restaurant, that is a lot of work. And um, it's enjoyable in some ways because when you finally click um, and you understand someone enough to give them the information they need so that they can do the best job that you know possible and they all want to do that, um, really great things start to happen. Totally. So that was what we were looking for. Um, in this sort of really long interview process and then in the last couple of weeks working with Chef Brandon is, you know, really concentrating on how we communicate with each other and, and what it is that matters to one another and how we're going to get, quote, on the same page. Definitely. So Scratch has been open now for how long? Like a year and a half? Yeah, just the, that's, that's convenient enough. We opened, uh, <laughs> we opened November 12th of 2015. Okay. Yeah. So... A lot has, I mean, did you have any idea, like, did you think you would be where you are now when you opened it with, like, the way that you're approaching the restaurant and all of the opportunities you're getting with, like, hosting different events there and working with other people? Or were you just like, I don't know, I just want to get a business off the ground and see where it goes? No, uh, to, no neither of those are true. Um, I expected a very different reality than what it is I'm living in now. Um, it, <laughs> It, um, I thought there, w- there would be a lot of events and I thought there'd be a lot of opportunities for collaboration. That is the one thing that I have, um, you know, had a death grip on. Like it really matters to me to operate collaboratively. And I hope we could talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But the, um, no, it is nothing like I thought it was going to be, <laughs> uh, you know, it, and 
I guess, except to say that I expected it to be nothing like I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It was, it's, it's nuts, man. It's a crazy business. For sure. So let's talk about some of the collaborations and stuff. Didn't you have a was full pint there last night? We tapped the T Funk okay. last night, but okay. that was really just we were lucky to have it and wanted yeah. to make a big deal of it. Okay, I, I mean it's a great beer. Um, it's hard to keep on shelves, um, and it's really different than the other beers that we have on tap right now. Yeah. Um, so we were we were glad to have it, and that was uh, I got to give a shout out to Mikey um, from Beerport. He does one day a week with us as a bar back, and uh, he said you really should try to get this beer and made that connection happen. So I was really happy about. Yeah, that I one. saw that um, Mikey was just. He was going to be doing stuff up at Scratch because we're friends on Facebook. And he mm-hmm. posted something. I was like, I live right down the street. Mm-hmm. Mikey's a good dude. Yeah, really great guy. Super knowledgeable, really um, hungry, um, you know, to learn. We're hoping that uh, at some point we can, you know, move him into a bartending role. But it's really great having him around. He's just super positive and with a great work ethic and uh, sort of rolls with things. It's, it's great to have him around. Yeah, I think it's probably important. To have somebody that's behind the bar that is passionate and knowledgeable about the product and not so much like a, oh, yeah, you want this thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a shot and beer place. Um, there yeah. are there are really successful shot and beer places. There are really successful beer places. There are really successful um, whiskey joints where, where none of those were a restaurant with a bar program that we are super proud of. Uh, Mandy Crosby's gone above and beyond consistently since the day we opened and uh, as she's sort of morphed into a few different roles um, over time um, things have just gotten better and better I mean she at this point is um, really directing where our specialty cocktail list goes she just spent um, a week in New Orleans and came back with like you know really super jazzed about everything that she had had down there and so we're rolling out a a NOLA inspired cocktail list on um, this Friday that'll be we'll be running as a special on Friday and Saturday nights after dinner service for nine bucks a drink and these are super boozy like you know they're, they're, they'd be pricey <laughs> drinks in most most situations yeah yeah, but, yeah um you know this is about understanding who the people are that are working for us and making sure that they're able to do not only what you know I think is good for the restaurant but that I'm able to see what it is that they want to do so that in the Venn diagram of their wants and my wants. You know, we can we can maximize the overlap, you know, and really make sure that we're in lockstep as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's super, super important to have everybody on the same page when you're trying to yeah, man. keep it keep it going. Now, the collaborations. Yeah, we, we kind of what what's some stuff you have coming up? Well, um, you know, so the, the one thing that I had in mind when long before we opened was um, this idea that there's really no such thing as a private business. Um all businesses have a public impact. So while the the finances and, and so on may be solely my concern as owner, um, that is the limit to the way I can consider the business as a private business. Whether you only consider yourself only if you whether or not you only consider like the food and drink we put out as our interface with the public, or if you are a little bit more mindful of it and think about the fact that we exist in a community geographically in Troy Hill on the north side of Pittsburgh in the state of Pennsylvania and so on. Um, or if you think about sort of social um, uh, uh, networks that are that are involved and in, in what those are like, the people that come to the restaurant, again, to eat and drink, but also the people that can interface with the restaurant in, in many other ways, both business and, you know, um, socially, 
th those are important things to sort of bear in mind. So it's not the way that businesses are often run. Um, so it was a really difficult thing to conceptualize. I knew I wanted to make sure that we were mindful of what it was we were doing in the community, but I didn't know how that was going to happen. And I came up with this idea that is getting some legs now that Chef Brandon's in-house and, you know, things are starting to really um, operate more smoothly. Uh, so I'm working with a board of, or a community board of trustees is what I call them. Uh, it's seven people big. Some are representative of the Troy Hill community. Some are representative of social communities that the restaurant finds itself interacting with. And this board, it's it's nascent. Like we, I've only met with people individually. We're meeting for the first <laughs> time next Wednesday. Okay. Um, this board is tasked with this oversight function, and it's really important that people understand what oversight means. Um, they're, especially the board members themselves, their their role is to come up with an operating plan with me about how Scratch will interface with its community, and then hold me accountable as the owner operator to meeting the goals in that plan. And where I struggle or find barriers that I can't overcome, they are to apply their own resources to that end, meaning the goal that is. So resources um, being time, people, and money. I don't expect them to put money in themselves, but I do expect if we need to do something really awesome that the community can get behind, that we find a way to raise some money. I'm looking for them to tap their own social networks and help us sort of make these changes and um, looking for their time in terms of like meeting like you would with any board for a nonprofit, let's say, on a bi-monthly basis where we sit down and, and review our progress. So I found some really, really great people um, to help us with this that are all, you know, have a working knowledge of the food industry. They are all um, doers in the community and already socially active in areas that we're finding we want to pursue some work. We've identified three major initiatives that we're working on right now. One is workforce development. Uh, we've already partnered with Community Kitchens Pittsburgh, and that is like one of the greatest things I think that has happened since we've opened. In that, um, you know, th that's an organization that is working to reduce traditional employment barriers for people, so that they can have sustained, meaningful living wage employment. Um, we're talking about people who have criminal records, mental health issues, whatever. I don't really care about the individual, but I do care about the fact that they're basically written off in the working community um, as a result of these barriers. And um, Community Kitchen Pittsburgh puts together a, a training program for people to get them ready to work in kitchens. Um, we were able to extend that training program to an extent in our kitchen so that people get small restaurant experience, right? Yeah. And we found a really, really great guy that's in with us right now. Um, you know, And at the end of an eight-week stint with us, um, you know, if everything goes according to plan, we'll say this person's ready to work in this capacity in a restaurant of this size. There are many of them in the city. And so the, the opportunity for this person to become employed meaningfully over the long haul at a wage that, you know, makes sense, not something like you're going to make at a fast food joint or something like that is now available to him. And, you know, we want that to happen, but not just with us. We would love to see that sort of expanded and for, whatever um, uh, whatever sort of roadblocks we're not able to overcome to be overcome by other restaurants as they look into doing something like this. So we're really interested in beta testing and saying, you know, this is something that might happen and here's our success record. Would you like to try this larger restaurants? <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. And, and, and really work to destigmatize the aforementioned populations and to 
do something really good for the community. Um, we're also working on um, trying to reduce gender inequality issues. Um, they're rampant. I'm blind to a lot of them as a male. Um, and so I really am interested in having conversations with people, having conversations that are that are women led in the restaurant and other places to find out, you know, what is it really that makes it so difficult to discuss issues, say, of sexual harassment when you feel really uncomfortable in the workplace? What, why is it that it is something that you can't talk about openly? And what is it about the investigation process that's difficult for you? And the really hard questions, you know? You know, we don't treat women uh, as a society. It's a patriarchal society, right? We don't treat women as equal to men. At face value, people should just understand that and then delve into that issue and try to figure out what they can do to change it. Um, you know, there's there's many issues that we are sort of trying to discover to see what we can do with that. And we're going to start with conversation and sort of make that happen as often and as meaningfully as possible. And then the third thing that we're going to try to tackle, all of these seem like almost impossible things to do, right? Nothing's impossible. <laughs> um, um, the third thing we're going to try to tackle and at least really make the conversation real and tangible and, and effective for um, all different types of restaurants is to eliminate the wage disparity between the front and back of the house. Um, you know, as an owner-operator, I take advantage of the tip credit. Some owner-operators in the city have had the good fortune to to be able to, to not do that, to put a policy in place where there are no tip restaurants. A lot can be learned from what they do. Um, it's not something that we find to be viable for our business model right now, but we want that to change. And so there has to be a lot of stakeholders brought to the table where that conversation can happen. And um, in order you know, to do that, we have to sort of lay the cards on the table. When you come into a restaurant and the server is taking care of you, to whatever extent they do, um, instead of me paying their wage based on performance, I pay a very small portion of their wage and I put the onus for paying that wage onto the guest. And the state not only allows it, but almost promotes it. And the restaurant um, association promotes it as well. And I think it's kind of crap. You know, like, yeah. why should you have to pay? Now, you want to do something to make yourself feel good and everything. And I get the idea of tipping psychologically. But you are, in effect, determining what their wage is. And we all know that only to some extent, if those tips are cash, are those wages reported and so on and so forth. There's many, many issues we could talk about if we go down the rabbit hole. But the basic thing is that... People in the back of the house who are making a wage that is reported and um, sort of in a traditional way are not making the same hourly rate that people in the front of the house oh, are. Oh, sure. And they're working their asses off. Yeah. It's, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It's and, very uh, it's very similar to music. Again, I'll give you another yeah. analogy in the way that the songwriter and the performer doesn't necessarily make the same amount as the label or the manager yeah. or the venue that's hosting the band. Like it's, you know, a, a lot of the time the where the, the imagination where this thing that everybody in, is enjoying, where it's coming from are also kind of like the people who sometimes are kind of getting the shaft, mm -hmm. at least uh, monetarily, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that you, you really, you, you hit upon something there, you know, people are doing this work in some cases, because they really love it and work really, really hard at it and should be able to reap that benefit 
you yeah. know, equally with everybody else. Um, Granted, you know, um, if there was no server, there would be that's the connection to get you know the the food to the person. And yeah. then the same thing with music. You know, if there's no venue, mm. there's no way for the people to hear the live music. Yeah. So, but I think what you were saying about everything being more equal and not so unbalanced or like finding a way to work that out would yes. be very, it very really important. just, you know, you just have conversation. You're like, okay, yeah. we see these, this thing's sort of out of balance. What do we do? Let's find out why first and then let's see what we can do to affect change. And I've, come to find over the course of you know my years that though it's the difficult thing to do just having conversation and having people air their points of view gets them to a position where they're at least vulnerable enough to hear what other people have to say and to have their ideas changed so all of these things that I'm talking about will begin with conversation the whole community kitchen pittsburgh um, initiative which is the furthest along in of the three started with conversation. You know, it started with me asking a question and learning a hell of a lot. And um, then Community Kitchen Pittsburgh asking some questions. And hopefully they learned a little bit. I don't know. But we gradually came to this idea that we're executing now. And that's not going to be perfect. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll learn something from that and have those difficult conversations and make changes as needed. That's life. You know, that, that's what we're about. That's what we want to do. Um, we're not in the business, scratch that is, to make a lot of money. We're in the business to make enough money to do some good and then for that good to, um, to grow, you know, for us to be able to do just enough monetarily to continue to do some really good things. Yeah. But I imagine even just the work that you need to do and the research and the attention to even just make the money to stay afloat is probably insane trying to balance all of that out with the way that, you know, you want to get good. You want to make, uh, you want to make, how can I say that? You want to make good products. So you need good product to make good product. And like everything costs money. Mm -hmm. And then just like, I don't like, how do you price something fairly? I guess would be the question, the conversation I want to get into. Cause again, as a musician, I have a hard time, like, what is the value of this album that I'm putting out or this T-shirt that I'm selling? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it might have only cost me a few bucks to manufacture this, yeah. but there's time and I shouldn't be ashamed to make profit. I want to try, you know, so it's like, but it's weird because you don't want to feel like you're ripping people off, too. We're just changing the notion of what it is to be reasonable in yeah. this environment, right? Yeah. And I think that... We don't know the answer to the to the question, what should this cost? We acknowledge people who are in the industry that, that the general public pays way too little. Well, everybody pays way too little for food, no matter where you get it, the grocery store, the restaurant, whatever. I'm only worrying about the restaurant because that's where I'm working, you know. But we don't know what a fair price is. There have been a lot of people who have done a lot of work in that area. What uh, Bobby Fry did was fantastic with Brian um uh, what Brian Kaiser's doing down at Castellula is fantastic. And that's something to really pay attention to. They've got models that have worked or are working to, to a great extent, and they took risks that other people were unwilling to take. And we need to learn from that, but we need to not just stop there and say that's, that's how it's going to be. I don't know what a reasonable price for a grilled cheese sandwich is. <laughs> I would love to think that um, we can have conversation and set expectation that it's going to be in this range 
you know, that we set yeah. forth after the conversation and that the business owners that are part of this conversation can be open and honest enough with each other, with the general public, with their staff. You know, these are the stakeholders, right? That we can really pin it down and make some good sense of it so that when you come into the restaurant, the expectation is that you are paying for a product and in that product, you're paying for the cost of that product. You're paying for the lights, you're paying for the AC, you're paying for the wages of the people that are working there. Yeah. And in you know our case, you're helping to you're helping us to do some of the other cool things that we're trying yeah, to accomplish. Which, when I I talked to you before, you I we were talking about uh, you were gonna put some of those things that you're doing on the menus, or was there something like that you were gonna have like a write up about what was going on on the other side of the menus? Yeah, um, I I'll take that one on the chin. I <laughs> haven't really done it. Um, <laughs> it's so many things have been in motion. Um, and, you know, for so long and, and in a lot of my inability to um, really maximize my time management has gone into oh, it's hard. things like that sort of falling by the wayside. Yeah. But again, as our team grows stronger and stronger, I mean, we have a stronger weight staff now than we've than we've had in months. And we've got a really solid bar program that we're looking to to grow substantially. Mm-hmm. What's happening in the back of the house? You know, all these things are taking pressures off of me to do things like you know work the line or work the floor which i'm happy to do when needed that's the gig right you know i'm there to support the people that are working for me but as they grow more confident and as they grow more able in their own positions i'm free to do these other things that the other stuff yeah that i really am interested in yeah taking care of it's like you said you know it all begins with conversation Mm -hmm. so i think if you had that conversation there in front of every customer's face that comes in and would allow them to know what the restaurant is doing outside of providing you food you know i think it's different though you know you don't want to be on a soapbox that's true you know i've been on a lot of i've done a lot of talking in the last couple minutes but (laughs) you don't want to be on a soapbox you want to be able to talk to people right yeah but that's the thing is it's like how do you balance that but like uh you want to tell people what you're doing and make them aware but Mm. you so i have a hard time personally with like being like yeah i do this podcast and i play in a band and i do this and that and this and that because i sound like oh this guy does everything and yeah. it's like, i don't want to be like that but i also want to you know i do these things everything that i do is very social you know it, i it's i want people to know what i'm doing and try to meet people because you never know who you're going to meet and you might meet somebody that it can do something that would you know, benefit you or you can work together and collaborate and, yeah. you know, you know, so all of the things I was talking about just now, all of them had to do with this idea of human relationships, right? Yeah. But it had to do it had to do with those on sort of a grander scale. And so I was just proselytizing, which is just rapping with yeah, you yeah. about it. Really, all of that work happens on an individual basis, one to one having conversation, really coming to understand another person. Um, because that's all there really is in life is the relationship between a person and another person. That's how you define yourself. It's how you think about things. Um, you, you can't just, when people come into the door at the restaurant, I can't just True. hand them a pamphlet and start talking at them. Yeah. Right? That's I need to that, speak yeah. with them. I need to go into that conversation with my ideas certainly and ready to talk to them but vulnerable enough to hear what they have to say and to be changed and to um you know 
be willing to to learn in those in those moments that's when people when you when you approach them in that way whether you're doing it in a with a goofy smile on your face or with an earnest sort of look on your face whatever that's when people really get engaged you know that's when sort of really great things can happen and you got to let it go you got to let go of your your plans as as much as you work on them you got to be able to let them go that's that's my sort of the the biggest thing i've learned in putting this place together like i told you we're at a very different place than i thought we'd be a year and a half ago yeah yeah i mean it's again you know the world is uh it's a lot bigger than me or you yeah and there's always a million things changing around us that we just don't have control over so it's important to be able to stay focused and go with the flow and you you don't know like what anything's where anything's ever gonna go so it'll usually like it, your entire life can change in like two seconds depending on the thing that happens so it's very you know just i'm very much a just rolling with the punches kind of person i don't really invest a whole lot of stock into too many things because i'm i you know just always ready for change but you know that sounds kind of like bleak i don't mean for it to just like i don't know i just i think i'm just comfortably aware that the worst could always happen so i'm trying to enjoy my time here and just be productive and positive when i am here and just do whatever awesome stuff i can with whatever awesome people i can I'm not trying to take over the world just be happy in my circle of people and hope that that somehow reflects outside you know yeah. reflects outside of it yeah, I think um, I think to me that that the principle that I try to hold on to is this idea of making informed decisions. You know, a way of looking at the world is needed, but it's also a way of not looking at the world. You know, you, you do exclude things when you choose to view a situation in a certain way. And I try to balance the the thoughts that I have about a situation with asking questions of others or just sitting quietly, you know, in the few minutes I have in the morning and the evening and you're know, really not working my head too hard on it, but just thinking about it, whatever the whatever the situation is. It's those brief moments I think where some really great things happen for me. Um and, you know, much like you were saying, I don't really hold on to anything too strongly except again this idea that that's a way to live you know like um maybe i'll be proven wrong and my my worldview will be shattered but <laughs> we'll see you'll see it seems to have been working out well for me to this point yeah you know it's just i think it's just so easy to get caught up in things that are not that important and you just end up wasting a lot of time worrying about i don't have a whole lot of time i imagine you're an mm -hmm. individual that doesn't have a whole lot of time to just dwell on nonsense so and by nonsense i mean like very very trivial things like like a an argument with my girlfriend or like mm -hmm. something silly at work like something that up like some upset customer that's you know we're arguing over a graphic design thing it's like you know we're, it's this it's, isn't important like and just trying not to like let that stuff become a weight on my shoulders just again have that conversation mm -hmm. work out the problem yeah let's figure it out let's not get rid of the noise just yeah what do you need how can we fix this okay great let's move on 
Yeah. Because this is very, very, like, silly. You know, again, <laughs> it's really great for me to be able to sit here and have this conversation <laughs> with you. But in real life, in the middle of a shift, when, you know, you're bombarded by oh, totally. server's questions and you're trying to have a conversation with someone in the kitchen about what's going on with their food and, I, and you know that there's three guests out in the dining room that need your attention in some form or fashion... You know, I, I I get short at times. You know, yeah. and and it's not something that I that I'm proud of. I think it's a, a sort of natural thing. You have to really work at training yourself to to act otherwise. Um, but if it's possible to keep in in mind what you're talking about, you know, this idea of how much does this thing right now really matter, um, then you can probably rise above it and keep that like smirk on your face because it's not that big of a deal yeah. like the buddhists do you know I always do, I do, smirking i do find myself though too like you know um prioritizing things to a point where sometimes it can be kind of cold like to certain people depending on the way i do it because again if i'm yeah. like, juggling all these things and i might just react to certain maybe sh- like react shortly to somebody yeah. about something that in my head i'm just like oh this isn't okay whatever and like yeah. brush them off where it's like I should have just been maybe a little bit nicer, just taking the extra couple seconds to give them a full sentence. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, it's... I get so in the in the <laughs> zone, you know, like I'm just in my own mind and I'm just like thinking about it's like uh, at the beginning of this conversation, you were mm-hmm. talking about how uh, sometimes something doesn't get communicated to the people in your staff. Yeah. You know, like there's, I think it's like, I'm always telling myself these certain things in my head over and over and over again. So I'm already convinced that everybody else knows it because it's been in my head rotating all day, but I'm just being short with people and trying to juggle so much that you do overlook it. I think, yeah, it, you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. I, you, I mean, I totally understand what that's like. I hope other people do too. Um, you know, the other sort of strange thing about that is, you know, it sounds like you're pretty mindful of, you know, how you behave w- with others, or at least you reflect on it now and again. And I, and I, I try to do, at it. I, I, I do the same. I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about those things either in the moment or after the fact. And because it, it's weird, you know, because it's such an area of focus for me. I get really upset with other people <laughs> when they're shitheads <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it makes it doubly hard. Like you, you need to chill out, man. This is like, you know, you can't, you can't expect someone who you've just been shitty to, to rise above that. Yeah. And, you know, to figure out, you know, everything that's going on in your head, you need to take a deep breath and, and take pause. And yeah, my world may be chaotic. It definitely bite off more than I can chew quite a bit. Um, and it's necessary to, you know, just be humble enough to, uh, I guess, recognize that the people around me are in fact people. Totally. Like real individual autonomous motherfuckers. Yeah. And sometimes there are people that don't have the same, uh, I guess we'll call it work ethic or psychotic work behavior <laughs> yeah i mean we I, might I, have. Would, I wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to say that what i do is healthy or good <laughs> i i i don't i don't imagine that and i but i do think that um you know everybody does have a tendency to work really hard in the way that they imagine working really hard to be you know everybody grows up in their own sort of environment and while we may all be 
from the same Western culture, you know, in, in my work environment, um, that's 12 people with 12 different backgrounds and 12 different notions of what it is to be on time in some cases, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and really rephrasing and reforming what that means is, is addressing issues that are deep seated for some people. And I can get angry or I can work to find a solution. Yeah. Like you were saying. I mean, I think that it's really important. This is kind of a conversation we're having is just to understand other people. You don't have to understand them like them individually 100%, but just understand that the everybody has their own lives and their own things that they're going through. And sometimes, you know, I might be out to eat somewhere and I'm not getting great service. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I could tell that, you know, my server's just had a rough day and is trying. Maybe they're juggling a lot. You know, it's like maybe they're new at this job. It's like I'm not going to be all like a, oh, shitty service. Here's a shitty tip. Fuck you. You know, it's just like try to understand that like, you know, maybe they're just not having the best day. Yeah. And it's it's funny. I, while you were saying that, I was thinking about um, bubbles in which we live, right? And one of them is the car, right? You're in a car and someone drives past you and cuts you off. You're going to say some, like, things that I won't repeat on this show now. Absolutely. Like, really, you're wishing people, like, that they die a thousand deaths by paper cuts <laughs> You know, rolling in salt, sort of like the things that come out of people's mouths are just insane. And it's because you're in this bubble, right? You can do it. People do it online all the time. People do it with their phones all the time. You people do it even in, you know, interpersonal uh, situations where there are effectively no barriers. You put the barrier up and and, you know, project onto this person what you think they are rather than accepting what they're presenting to you. That's an age old problem. Um, you know, technology has exacerbated it. I think that we have the opportunity, however, to, um, to do something about that if we're aware of it and, and are interested in, for instance, the people that work for me, they don't work for me. They're a part of the organization. Totally. Right. Yeah. I'm a part of the organization. We play different roles in that organization, but we're all part of the same thing. If one person leaves, it's like a house party. If one person leaves, the dynamic of the party changes. Party goes on, right? And, you, and that's the idea is that the party has to go on, right? And it can't happen if any one person is a total dick. So I'm trying to, to create a situation where that, that work environment is welcoming and uh, where people are able to be themselves and express themselves within certain, um, within limits, you know, um, yeah. that the group generally defines. Within like the best interest of the total party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you can't do that, you'll leave. You might you leave because everybody kicks you out or you might just leave because it's just not for you. But the the thing should be designed to continue on. Uh-huh. And that's that's what we're really after here is to create something that again does some good in the community and that becomes sort of a self-perpetuating machine. You yeah. know, so I go away, it's not a big deal. Yeah, you it's know? like at the same time, you know, it's not a thing where you're trying to change the course of history. You just want to do your part to, to contribute, be a small part of a bigger thing. You know, yeah. like keep like a realistic 
focus in doing acknowledging you know like you're just one one person that owns one business in one city of one state of you know the country of the whole world you know just yeah man but you that's it's still everything and nothing at the same the time. important thing though is that you know a, like a corny way of putting it is you know every journey begins with a footstep and if you look at it as different business owners and businesses each as footsteps you know like if you can encourage somebody else to take a step in the mm-hmm. same direction you are maybe they can get two more people and then those two people could get more people and I just won't, encourage, I, you don't you don't want to assume that but i won't be inspiring anybody anytime <laughs> soon i'm sure i've got a lot of work to do before that happens but yeah that would be a great i mean thing. like you might not inspire anybody individually but maybe you know something that you're doing that is loosely connected to you could yeah. inspire somebody there's always a chain reaction even in ways that you don't see or realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to be aware of that. Um, you know, you, I, I think you're responsible for the predictable outcomes of your actions and that as you grow in um, your ability to, to understand what those predictable actions are, the, the responsibilities become greater and greater. But none of us are all-seeing. You know, there's all sorts of uh, repercussions that are that are unknown to us, which is why it matters, I think, intently to, to be intent in how we go about our actions, not so concerned with what the outcomes are going to be. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're trying to do something positive, it could still have a negative impact on something else, just by the simple fact of maybe you're focusing too much time on one thing, then something over there gets neglected mm-hmm. and you're like, ah oh, crap, I gotta go back to that thing. It's just balancing all that's really, really hard. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I do have one question kind of curious about because we were talking about um online and you know people just kind of being able to put stuff out there and yeah. Negativity. I'll say whatever I want, no repercussion type yeah, sure. thing. Uh Yelp. Yeah. How do you feel about the concept of Yelp and uh, how it, it's like my understanding of it is that, you know, like anybody can write whatever they want on there. But at the same time, if you have enough money or pull, you can get things removed. You can like I've seen like there's a service, for example, with uh, hotels where there's an app that you can download. And if you give a positive Yelp review to the hotel, you'll get a coupon for staying at different hotels. Like all these, like, you know, it's, it's become this game where like, it's not exactly the most genuine thing. So it's like you have review, like positive reviews that are fake because, you know, people were essentially paying for them. Mm-hmm. And then negative reviews sometimes are just completely preposterous, you know, like with, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Black Forge Coffee yeah. House and like what happened with them and yeah. the people all over the country just, so, I don't know. What is What are your thoughts on just that whole, like, well, reviews are everything? It's I know. a lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> re- reviews are important. Um, but Yelp, j- Yelp is a tool, right? And I think it's only as good as you use it um, for lots of reasons. Some are just my inability to understand how computers work. I don't manage the business page for my Yelp account which is to say I don't respond to reviews. I read them. Uh, I take all of the feedback, um, you know, and I, I deeply consider it, try to read between the lines, try to um, put myself in that person's Have shoes. Have you had any, like, yeah. awful 
Like Yelp yeah, reviews? Okay. Yeah, yeah, lots. Yeah. Lots of bad ones on, on, on Yelp and Open Table both. And I never have walked away from that situation saying, fuck that person. They don't know what they're talking about or what a bitch or what an asshole or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Empathizing with somebody, I, I think, because Yelp is a vehicle for them to speak their mind is a little bit easier. You know, it's almost like reading a book and reading what a character has to say in that book. Um, you may not like it, but it's there to help yeah, you learn. Like even if somebody, this is a story, right? Sure. And if somebody's being like really, really nasty, at the core, they still may be addressing a problem that yeah. you need to focus on. Yeah. So th- that's one thing. So I find every review to be useful, whether I like them or not. I try not to perseverate on them too much. Yeah. I do check them, you know, probably three times a day. Really? All all of the different ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really important, especially Do people inter- like. Is it? Hmm? Is there? Is there like that much new content that comes up? Like, if you check it three times a day, is there always new posts, no. or you just no. check it just to make sure? No, because if there's something out there that I should know, that's a way for me like to know immediately. It. Yeah, I got you. So, like, say, like, you know, you checked one time and something wasn't there, and then you check three hours later. Mm-hmm. You know, and somebody was like, "I just had the most miserable experience," and you're like, "I've been here all day. What happened?" And then talk to the people that are around and figure it out. Communication. Yeah. It's, gotcha. It's, it's a way for people to do that thing. You know, whether they're really, um, I don't know, it's just a, it's a different vehicle. Now, when it comes to people paying for things to be removed and all that kind of stuff, you know, I don't know what Yelp is. Nobody knows what Yelp is at this point. So it's evolving like everything else. And of course, someone's going to try to game the system because there's a profit motive there. If you have learned anything from me in this conversation, I won't do that kind of stuff because that money doesn't matter as much as my integrity does. Yeah, and that money can go towards actually helping something positive, not yeah perpetuating like like a false image of your restaurant. Yeah, man. Like I don't, you know, it's like getting ready for a date, right? Like, you, <laughs> why put on the clothes you're never going to wear any other circumstance? <laughs> That's bullshit. You are lying to that person. <laughs> no, be yourself. Totally. Yeah. I, I've, I've always, I, honestly, that's a really good way of putting it. I have felt that way in high school a lot. I had a, a good friend in high school who, for lack of a better way of putting it, decided to go prep so mm-hmm. he could date the yeah, girls gotcha. and stuff like that. But, like, he was still hanging out with us on the weekends, yeah. you know, listening to corn and playing video games and mm-hmm. going to the mall. He just had a Hollister shirt on. But it's like, you're still, like, a dork. Yeah. And it didn't work out for him. It's like, no surprise. You just wasted a bunch of money on stupid clothes. Good for you. I hope it was a life lesson. <laughs> oh, maybe it was. You should check in with him. You know, find out. <laughs> you know I think it's it, it's really important just to be yourself. And sometimes it can be hard to find like-minded people. But when you do, it pays off. Rather than spending your time around people that you know, you're not I don't care really akin to how close you are to anybody in this world. If you're married for 50 plus years, you're falling asleep by yourself and you're waking up by yourself. Nobody can cross that barrier. And if you are untrue to yourself on a real basic level like that, it's going to bother you. It's going to bother you. And it's going to come out in ways that are going to make you an asshole. Oh, yeah. And you just shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, you should just, you know, the Greeks had it right, man. Know yourself. Yeah, I, that's what I always tell people, was just 
people were always like, I don't know what I want to do, blah, 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 blah. Like, I can't find a person. I can't, I don't know what, what job I want to have. Well, it's like, well, what, what do you well, want to do? Who are you? Matter. Well, yeah. Who are you? Like, just figure out what makes you happy. And I'm like, well, but the thing is, that that's really complicated for some people. And that's like a whole, I don't know how you crack that. I'm not doing what I wanted to do. I'm doing what I'm doing, and that has to be good enough. You know, there are many decisions I could have made. There are many decisions that I can make, but I'm making the decisions that I'm making. And accepting that is huge, you know, in terms of peace of mind and being able to sleep soundly and um, being able to roll with punches. Yeah. Because life will knock you down, man, a lot. And whether or not you have the gumption to get back up, I think, has to do with how true you're being to yourself. It's not about willpower, whatever the hell that is. It's about whether you're sure of yourself and who, you know, who you really are. And, you, you know, you might continue to be hurt. You might continue to experience really hard times. But if you are true to yourself, it's not that bad. It's just all the rest of it, like the Hollister shirt, it's just yeah. bullshit, you know, it doesn't mean anything. I think uh, it's having a realistic expectations of your surroundings and just understanding what is available to you and your resources and taking advantage of it. You know, I think sometimes a lot of people, especially in like the music world, want a lot. You know, they they want to be touring full time. They want to be signed, but they also don't want to take the time to go out to shows or make friends or make the connections you know they just kind of want everything to be like hey like i heard your song on facebook and you're really good here's ten thousand dollars yeah you don't become a you don't become a musician at some point yeah right? that starts the first day that you begin the process you're always a musician from that day forward it's about what you're throwing yourself into and the extent to which you're willing to do that determines how good of a musician you are or are not. But, you know, it's, there's not some plateau you reach where you're like, I'm, I'm here, I made it. That causes people pain. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the people that are content in their lives, whether they're making millions of dollars or not a lot of money, and I don't mean to say that people who make millions of dollars are more content. They're, they're equally <laughs> they as miserable, I yep. imagine. Well, I don't know many of them. But, you know... It doesn't matter that kind of stuff. It matters whether you're doing what you want to be doing and the extent to which you're, you're, you know, organizing your life around it. Yeah. You know, I've, I had a conversation recently with a, a close friend that was just all like, you know, like you should be doing more like telling me like, you know, you it's like doing more. What? Uh-huh. Like, you know, I just feel like you could like be like, if you were like living in a different city, you could be doing bigger things and stuff like that. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I really like my job. I have great people in my life. I have, you know, like I have really, I have a good day every day most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, what else do I want? I mean, maybe I could push for more, but um, I don't know. It's like a, a weird thing. Like I, I see where they're coming from, you know, but at the same time, I'm just me. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a hard thing at this on people's perception of. It's just weird when somebody's like, I think you should be doing this and just kind of like disregarding all of the positivity that you're already putting out into the world. 
Like, is, like, everything that I'm doing every day, is that, like, mean nothing? Because I'm not living in L.A. and yeah. doing this? Yeah. Well, it doesn't, you know, obviously mean much to them. Yeah. And, you know, they may say that, and I don't know the people you're talking about, but they may say that, you know, they, they really care about you and they think you have talent, you should be doing these things. A lot of that's their own projections. It's nothing to do with you personally. Yeah. It's like... um I'm fond of when people tell me that they um, had a dream and I was in it. And I was like, I wasn't there. That was all, that's all in your head. Man. You know? <laughs> but it's true, you know. Like you know, you're responsible for your own thoughts and you're responsible for your own feelings about a situation. You could be a total dick to me right now. You'd be like, and that was that asshole on signing <laughs> off. Now you guys got to know what a real prick he is. Um, you know, I can choose to take offense to something like that, or I can realize that that was you doing that thing and, you know, do with that what I will. Um, if I allow that to affect me, I'm really giving you a hell of a lot of power over me. I don't know that that's a smart thing to do, you know. Um, so when people do that kind of stuff and they're like, you should be doing this, that's them. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all them. How about, yeah, how about you do that? Yeah. If you got all these great ideas, just so you know. Yeah. For real. <laughs> so, um, whoa, wrapping up. All right. Uh, is there anything else that we didn't quite touch on that we should get into? Anything I mean, coming up at the that you want coming up at the restaurant? Well, we just raised a lot of money for Tree Pittsburgh, which was a lot of fun. Um, we we had some foraged um, yeah, I saw that. materials come to us, and we were able to put together a really nice plate and hand it out to people who were. Donating $20 for the organization. Um, that's one of the simpler things that we can do in the restaurant itself that sort of um, you know, tickle my fancy, I guess. Um, we're always looking for new things like that to do. So if anybody's in the restaurant and they have a cause, they really are you know, behind and they like our space, I very much encourage them to come and talk to me because I can come up with any number of really fun ways to promote that kind of stuff. You know, the one thing I guess I can say is that that place was built for people to be comfortable in because um, I think that that's the basis of a lot of what we were talking about earlier. And if you're comfortable, you can be comfortable in your own skin. You can become vulnerable. You can have conversation with people in a, in a really great kind of way. And so, you know, it's not just a dinner spot. You know, it's a spot where you can go and have a really good meal in a kind of a an interesting looking space, I think. And um on Tuesdays, you can play trivia, and on Fridays, you can sing karaoke. And tonight, we have um, after the press preview dinner for Brandon. We're having our open mic night, which is fantastic. It's become a really, it's a day I really look forward to. Um, it's only once a month. We're we're hoping to expand it, but um, I think that just speaks to what I was talking about earlier, where you know the people that are working with us in the space are able to do their job and have fun in the same space. And, uh, you know, that's special to me. That means a lot. So whether or not you're a foodie or whether or not you like really awesome drinks that Mandy makes, you should come by and hang out and sing some songs because I am there every Friday <laughs> belting out some karaoke. <laughs> and I love a competition. So. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, I did what I do. Uh, uh, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Um, can't take my eyes off you last week, and that 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 worked out pretty well. So I may hang on to that one for a while. Okay. Yeah, but if it's a fallback, it'll be Bruce Springsteen, uh, probably Thunder Road. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, thanks for 
coming over today. Yeah, man. And giving me an Glad hour of your, your time. Of course. And uh, that's about it. So we are done. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Don is an awesome dude. Scratch is an awesome place. Again, you know, if you haven't been up there, come up sometime. Let me know you're coming up. I'll meet you. I'll come get a bite to eat or a drink with you or something. And if, you know, you were up there maybe, say, you know, half a year ago, a year ago, come back again. Try out the new things on the menu. See what's changed. And, you know, I, I can't support the place enough. So take the time out of your day. Go up. Support local independent business. It's important. Just like supporting local musicians and local artists. So again, I'm going to shout out the Red Fishbowl homies. The Abbey Arts Festival is this weekend happening at the Abbey on Butler Street in Lawrenceville. Look it up. Facebook, Abbey Arts Festival. And, you know, if for whatever reason that's not your thing, but you want to listen to some heavy metal and drink some beer, we're playing a show. Gray Walker up at Black Forge Coffee House with our friends in Heartsick from Michigan, False Accusations from West Virginia, as well as Seven Remedies and Onyx Eye, who are both also from Pittsburgh. It's going to be a banger. Black Forge is the best. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. A lot of cool things. If I have any listeners in the St. Mary's area, Gray Walker is going to be in St. Mary's on Saturday. And then I will actually be back at Black Forge again on Sunday for the homie Trish Smith. You know, she has doing something like a fundraiser thing for her family. And I'm going to be there. And then after that, I'm going to be at Club Cafe doing a little thing for the player productions anniversary reunion thing. And, you know, I mean, at this point, if you're still listening to me ramble, you know, I hope you're having a good day. I hope, you know, whatever you're doing is going well, and I hope that it continues to go well, and I hope you have a great weekend. Yes, positivity makes the world go round. Anyways, I'm Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.